0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for downloading this week's The Weekly Curio. I'm the Whip Theater's Tom Britton.
1: And I'm College of Curiosity's Jeff Wagg.
0: We start this week, as we do every week, with the first half of our puzzle. You put a
1: coin in an empty bottle, and then you seal it with a cork. How can you remove the coin without taking the cork out of the bottle and without breaking the glass?
0: Courtesy of Reddit. We find just a little, a little. The nice thing about Reddit is this someone just posted a question What is the most BS sounding true fact you know? So, a true fact that reads as absolute
1: bollocks. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: then people start participating. So, this person posed a question. And then someone says, Did you know that U.S. citizenship isn't required to be a U.S. federal judge? However, citizenship is a requirement to serve on a jury. Right. So that's nuts that you have to be a citizen to serve on a jury, but the presiding judge does not have to be a U.S. citizen.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because some of this stuff's really old because back when the country was being founded, the older statesman-type folks were all from Europe. I mean, you know, the first American-born president was, who was it, Martin Van Buren, I think? You can tell me if I'm wrong. But, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of little stuff like that. I like this one. Um, Saudi Arabia imports camels from Australia... And they import sand
0: from yeah, Australia, Australia. has one of the world's largest wild camel populations. There's a lot of Australia that's like flyover country. Oh, most that, of it. Yeah if, you, yeah, if you live out there as a beast, you can pretty much be left alone yep. for your entire lifespan. Uh, Barack Obama is the first U.S. president to have baby pictures that were in color.
1: That's right. I heard that one, and I was just like, wait, really? And I started doing the math, and I was like, I realized I don't have baby pictures in color.
0: Yeah, you have to be, what, 35 to be president? Is that the rule? Yeah, 35 institution. the Constitution. Born in the US. And so, yeah, it makes sense that it was only recently that you would have had <laughs> baby pictures in color. Uh, 15 people were once killed by a 35-mile-per-hour tidal wave of molasses.
1: Yeah, I know a lot about this story. Uh, there's a book about it called Dark Tide, and uh, the short version is... Very warm January day in Boston. There's a huge vat of molasses that was used for making industrial alcohol, but it was a poorly built tank. And on this warm day, the expansion caused it to burst. So this massive 40,000, 50,000 gallon tank of molasses that was actually warm breaks on top of a hill and washes down the street at 35 miles an hour killing everybody it touches because they just get sucked into it and can't get out. At the end of the street, it smashes into a fire station, pushes it off its foundation, and then goes into the bay. And that was just the beginning of the nightmare because the molasses, it's not like you can clean that up easily. But there is something that can, and that's rats. The whole neighborhood became infested with rats for months, and there was a big, huge lawsuit. And uh, Anyway, really big deal. Very interesting book called Dark Tide.
0: Liquid Tungsten. Is so hot yeah. that if you drop it into a lava flow, the lava would freeze the tungsten. <laughs> and we'll put there's a video. There's a source you can click on this. That's one yeah. thing I like about Reddit, is that maybe not in this discussion thread, but in certain discussion threads, people will call you on your BS. They'll say, yeah, "Well, you need a citation for that." So this redditor has put source. And you click the link and you watch the video mm-hmm. and it's just a scientist explaining oh, that principle like where he learned it from.
1: They just show it to you. Never mind. Oh, so this is
0: very deal. cool.
1: Yeah. And if you think about light bulbs, why do we use tungsten and light bulbs? Because they
0: can stand being really, really hot. All the gold ever mined or collected in the world. All the gold would not fill four Olympic swimming pools.
1: Yeah, I do actually believe that. Gold is, um, it seems like there's more gold because it's very malleable and uh, you can hammer it very, very thin. So if you see Capitol buildings and like, oh, the dome is gold. Yeah, it really is real gold, but it's, it's microns thin.
0: This is also one reason we moved in America from a gold standard to a fiat currency is because the gold that we had would be like, a, all the gold in Fort Knox, Mm-hmm. Is like a, a few meters square. Like it isn't right. a very large. And you could you could keep it in the backyard and be the envy of your entire neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. But we had to move off that gold standard. It simply wouldn't work.
1: How about this? Um, Star Wars was on screens in France when the last guillotine execution took
0: place. Yeah, we covered that because like Star Wars in '77. right. It was a timeline yeah. thing. Betty White is older than sliced right. bread. Yep. So when they sliced bread came out, they said that's the best thing since Betty White. <laughs>
1: Who was, you know, three at the time or something.
0: White phosphorus was discovered when a guy collected 300 gallons of urine, let it rot, and distilled the foul black sludge that resulted.
1: I completely believe that because urine was used for a great many things. Uh, For example, if you go to Williamsburg, Virginia, and you visit the printing press... That's what they cleaned the ink blotters with. And they don't mean like cow urine, because human urine was easier to collect. And it was just a cleaning solution. Ugh.
0: I knew this when B.B. King cannot play the guitar and sing at the same time, became a, part of his signature style.
1: Yeah, when he was in the movie uh, Rattle and Hum with U2, U2 was like, hey, can you play this song? And he looked at him like, I'm not too good with chords, man. And yep. yeah, he, he's just a solo guitarist. That's what he does.
0: Uh, most of the cowboys you see in Western films are wearing the wrong hat. Yes, the most popular hat at the time was a bowler hat, That's right. which think Laurel and Hardy. If you don't yeah. know what a bowler hat is or, or Charles Chaplin. So all the cowboys are in the wrong, which means all of Texas is even dumber than I thought they were. Oh, <laughs> well, that's not. I bad. hate that. I go to Texas. and I'm like, wear a hat from this century, guys. We're not playing dress up. That's why I always dress in, in medieval costume to go to Texas. <laughs> uh, the U.S. military does have la- giant laser beams that can take down planes. Do they really? Well, you get in the pilot's eyes.
1: Oh, well, like all right. If you got yeah. a good
0: green laser and you make a giant yeah, blind one, blind the pilot, yeah. Blind the pilot and well, I guess if you do it long enough, uh, you can't fly by instruments if your eyes are completely blinded. Well, all right, that and makes at least sense. render you useless for a little while. Pure honey has a shelf life of thousands of years and does not need to be refrigerated. It's true. There's so
1: much sugar in pure honey that bacteria can't grow in it and it you can use it as like a, to cover a wound, a puncture wound for example. You can cover it with honey to keep stuff out of it.
0: Well, uh, sugar is a good way for plants to keep from freezing. They'll convert starch to sugars. Yep. It works as an antifreeze. If you ever want to leave, uh, if you want to make sweet turnips, you leave them in the ground through winter. Oh, yeah. They will, as a defense mechanism, manufacture sugar as opposed to starch. So when you pull them up after the thaw, you have a much sweeter mm-hmm. turnip. Or parsnips, you can do, I think a lot of root tubers you could do that with. Plants will turn things to sugar as a defense mechanism. Yes, beets, too. Bees just got way ahead of the game yeah. and started turning it into p- almost pure sugar. And thus, you know, you have Egyptian tombs where they open the tombs and there's honey in there that's still edible, which is a crazy idea. And the pollen that's trapped in it gives you a very good record of the time of what plants would have been in the area, what bees would have been going for, etc. So you get a really good idea as a botanist of ancient Egyptians Mm -hmm. simply because of the honey they like to put in there so you could eat in the afterlife.
1: Yeah, amazing stuff.
0: This article comes from CNET who apparently got it from Gizmodo.
1: It's a very incestuous world. Who
0: grabbed it from crack.com, who got it from a college kid who was really high. (laughs) It appears to be a legitimate article, though. The man-made breathing leaf is an oxygen factory for space travel. An artificial leaf converts water and light to oxygen, and that's good news for road tripping to places beyond Earth. (laughs) That's a quote. That's not me. That's Eric Mack from CNET being funny. Uh... So you go you want to go out into space, you gotta bring oxygen yeah. with you. You've got CO two, you're breathing out. If only there was some way to create an ecosystem. Right. One of those little globes that sit on your desk oh, out yeah. of shrimp mm-hmm. and moss. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well that's you know. That's, it into space. that's how it works on Earth is uh, we breathe oxygen. Uh, we we expel CO two. The plants use it and give back oxygen, it goes back and forth. You know, that's why the Amazon's called the lungs of the earth. So hey, why not do that in space? What is interesting to me is that They've created an artificial leaf, but it has chloroplasts in it, which is like what's in an actual leaf. So it's almost like they took the guts out of a leaf and then made a plastic leaf to put them in. And the article doesn't really explain why that's better than well, just you don't having a leaf. Carry
0: soil or water. Well, that's true. It's no longer a living thing. You can put it on the side of buildings.
1: Yeah, and you can cover walls with it, or, you know. And hopefully get yeah.
0: CO2 levels down, as that's a problem. Also, if you can get O2 levels high enough, I can start breeding giant dinosaurs again. (laughs) I'm excited for that. So if we could all get on board and get Elon Musk to put this on the side of every building, I'll get to work on the giant dinosaurs and bugs.
1: Mm -hmm. We're going to have three foot
0: long mosquitoes and Mm -hmm. dragonflies to eat them. Mm -hmm. And you can watch them fight in the air as they go. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to go to that island and get that giant ape and bring him to New York. What could possibly go wrong?
1: <laughs> so I, this was a popular article, doesn't get into much detail, but I, I wonder how this is better than the technologies they have now, which involve these things called zeolites, which are basically clay.
0: Are those the CO2 scrubbers yeah, they the have? Yeah, CO2 scrubbers, like,
1: okay. you know, which we've had since, if you've seen Apollo 13, they spend a lot of time talking about these things. But
0: they're not returning oxygen in this process. Right. You would return oxygen. Don't you gain sugar in that part of the process? Yeah,
1: there's some big thing there.
0: That's the whole thing with photosynthesis right. is that you blend it together, and you also would get food.
1: Right, so... Or uh, energy. There's other stuff going on with this leaf. It's not an even exchange. The carbon's going somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, this carbon in CO2 and the plant's giving out O2, the C part is in the plant thing still, so what's it doing with it? I I don't know. And so there's a whole lot more answers here, but it's kind of cool that uh, we can have this, like, semi-biological filter that will help us explore the stars.
0: There is a fine line between celebrating cutting-edge science... And just publishing crap.
1: Cause we have telepathy now. Which no we don't. Yeah, the
0: Tech Times. I'm gonna send a sternly worded email to your editor, <laughs> it's good true sir. You My poison pen missive should be arriving imminently. Brain to brain communication of thoughts is possible an experiment that could pave the way for technology enabled telepathy and significantly change the way people communicate with each other.
1: And that this was accompanied by a photo of a man with his fingers to his temples concentrating
0: really hard. Because the amazing Kreskin wouldn't sign a release for his photo. (laughs) Right. Oh,
1: Lord. By the way, side note, you know that Uri Geller is taking credit for the bending iPhone 6s?
0: Of course he is. (laughs) (laughs) Of
1: course. Hey, I found a way to get back Uh, in the papers. that
0: moron. I can't... That Charlotte... That two-bit, not even good hustler. It's a bad show with a worse message. If you're going to go to the voodoo, Go to the guy that does the voodoo (laughs) show. He paints himself up and dances. There's drums and topless women jumping around. That's good BS. And it's the same price as Uri Geller's BS and his boring magic show. I'm going to now bend this spoon. You know, David Copperfield made 13 members of the audience vanish above my head for the same $35 ticket price. I'm now going to bend this spoon again. Now watch me bend this spoon. Now I've bent this spoon. It's the worst magic show ever.
1: Yeah, Randy used to say um, the man's talent apparently has no use, which, you know, I can bend metal with my mind. I'm going to spend the rest of my life bending spoons.
0: And not hire a writer or get a costume. Like Siegfried and Roy put a tiger in a box, stabbed it, and there were lights and sound and costumes and dancers, a whole Vegas stage. It's it, I don't mind you telling me a lie, but tell a lie like Houdini did. Oh, well, yeah. This I elephant's mean, here, now this elephant has disappeared. Yes, it disappeared. Fine. I'm yep. buying into your premise. <laughs> into thin air, it vanished okay that's a show bravo <laughs> i'm bending a spoon no you aren't
1: <laughs> anyway <laughs>
0: <laughs> i hate that jackass yeah. if you're gonna lie to me lie to me with style and panache
1: <laughs> yeah like yeah. this guy
0: did at tech times he put a picture of two dummies with their fingers to their temples And he wrote a very exciting article about technology that isn't going anywhere.
1: Yeah, so, you know, telepathy-like brain-to-brain communication. Well, all right, you know what else is telepathy-like? IRC chat, Facebook messaging. speak. I mean, we can... (laughs) Communicating with someone over 5,000 miles 100 years ago would have been like, that's amazing, and now it's what we do every day, all day. When you call for tech support and you're speaking to India, you know... Anyway... What annoys me about this is that they even use the word telepathy because there's no telepathy there's it's what they're doing is they're picking up brain waves and transmitting thoughts through probably the internet to someone else and having those brain waves you know affect the person's brain it's just another form of communicating of telecommunication really the only thing special about it is that it's using Brain waves, brain energy, rather than voice well, we've or typing. We've had monkeys
0: controlling robot arms via brain oh, right. waves. Right. I, this is it's a this is George a, Lucas put out a video game where he used the Force to levitate a ball.
1: Yep. That you can buy that. Yeah. That, my kids have played that.
0: We've got these for people who are who are paralyzed or like Stephen Hawking and such. They can't use their eyes even to signal. We've got brainwave like readers. Right. All these people have done is added, like you said, an IRC client in between the yeah. two nodes. And they're calling that telepathy.
1: Their, their big leap here isn't the transmission, because obviously an EEG will record brain waves. so you could have the thing that's drawing the EEG be 5,000 miles away. Right. That's not a big deal. What the big deal is, is that on the other end, people were receiving the message just in their brain. So they're able to... They're, they're they're being able to alter someone's brain state.
0: So but, you're able to transmit data into the brain, but it doesn't have to be from another brain. I could also right. transmit yeah. data from my iPhone into your brain. Yeah, you could record it. Because they want to call it telepathy.
1: Yeah, and it's, that's the thing. It's like, from my brain to your brain, I'm going to transmit a thought. And like, well, we... I'm doing that to you right now. You're listening to this (laughs) podcast. You don't know what I'm doing. I could be having a hot dog in
0: bed. You've now read my mind and know why I don't think Ari Geller does a good show. (laughs) It's amazing how you now have that data in your brain to process. Also, I just bent this spoon on the radio. (laughs) And I'm doing ventriloquism.
1: (laughs) Tom's actually not even here. Ta-da! So... (laughs) Still a better show than Geller. There is a good story here. These scientists are doing good work. There is something really interesting in here. But as soon as you mention telepathy, it's all out the window, and it's a shame. I, I Being my age, I've actually never been to a freak show. I've never seen the 10 and one It just it's never existed in any space that I've been in. But then I go see, uh, let's see, I saw O, oh, and I've seen Love and these Cirque du Soleil shows, and I'm like, well, isn't... These are like our modern freaks. I mean, these people are doing things that are, they seem to be impossible. And then they do have contortionists in them. I know O has this whole big segment where people tying themselves as pretzels. So what's the difference between that type of thing and like, say, the sideshow at the old time fair?
0: Well, the sideshow splintered off of that kind of thing. So go back to its joining when it was joined together with professional wrestling and with museums at the Dime Store. Okay. So you would walk into the Dime Store Museum in New York and you would see the Mona Lisa mm-hmm. and a professional wrestling match <laughs> and a contortionist and a tattooed man and a bearded lady and a zebra <laughs> stuffed in mountain. Right, yeah, zebra. So it was almost a zoo also. Mm-hmm. If I could get a live one there, I would have, but a stuffed llama is less money.
1: <laughs> right so there's
0: also an alpaca don't defeat it and an explanation of what an alpaca is and where south america is because you're in new york and you yep. don't know right and then they all splintered off so i can definitely see tastes of them still there because mm-hmm. there's a juggler in the circus there was often a juggler in the sideshow ventriloquism was always a part of the sideshow in fact ward hall who was the last one of the, yep. one of the last people to own one started as a vent act and a juggler. Oh, no
1: kidding i didn't know that knife okay.
0: throwing is in both magicians are in both mm-hmm. and they're also a separate thing
1: fire breathing well, you would always wandering. have a
0: blade box a blade box is a very specific mm-hmm. magic trick that every single sideshow does because the way it works you get a, a cute girl in say a skimpy red outfit i'm mentioning the colors will be important in a second <laughs> she's in a red uh sexy thing whatever mm-hmm. picture a bikini or onesie or whatever you want to picture red sexy outfit she gets in a box looks like a coffin But not a lot of room in there. She kind of fills it up, as far as you can tell. Mm -hmm. And then I put blades into the box. so There's nowhere for her to go. Now, for a dollar, you can come on stage and look in the top of the box and see how it works. Mm -hmm. And that's why the blade box is done and not other magic tricks, is because I can expose it. Yeah. Now, as an extra incentive, I reach in the box and pull up the red outfit. And now all the young men have to get in line to see the naked girl in the box. And she's in a blue outfit. Yeah, right. (laughs) And so it's it's impressive. One, because you thought you were going to see some boobies. But she did a costume change somehow in this box with no room. So now you're still fooled. It's still magic tricks. You go, oh, that's all the blades. Wait a minute. (laughs) And now you still get a magic trick out of it, which is kind of neat to do the double blind on them. Mm -hmm. But I could see a Vegas magician or Penn and Teller. Oh, sure. Penn and Teller did that. They did. I've seen
1: it. Yeah, they've done that. I saw them on stage and Penn was in a big barrel. Exactly the same thing. A
0: more modern freak show, in my opinion, if you're going to protest freak shows, one must protest the NBA.
1: Ah, Because the 5'9
0: guy can't play in the NBA. You've got to be a freak. You've got to be a giant, almost medically defined giant to play that sport to hurt your body. Because mm-hmm. at that height, you shouldn't be jumping
1: size 17 but shoes. I mean, you know, the
0: length of your leg bones means that you shatter bones more mm-hmm. often when jumping specifically. So they said for jumping in the NBA, no jumping at all. Mm-hmm. And they should force you to be below six foot five.
1: Yeah, that, that is a very interesting point of all sports. I mean, you you need to be athletic to be in, in sports.
0: Oh, and the NFL is a big man's game. 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", absolutely. But th- the,
1: there's an extremity to basketball that doesn't exist in other sports. Yeah,
0: you I've can seen. get hired just for being 8'2", and not particularly athletic. Yeah, just, just hold the ball above everyone. Just <laughs> being
1: yeah.
0: uh, Rebounding and blocking shots. Yeah. And you can be a very, very sickly person, but be a giant. Mm-hmm. And get hired for some team somewhere. Uh, yeah, Circus Lake comes from the circus and the sideshow was always, that was what it was the side of. It was mm-hmm. the sideshow to the circus. So a lot of acts would go in and out. You could see a premier contortionist in the circus sort of as they got less physically able, but still a lot of personality, were still very funny, mm-hmm. moving yeah. into the sideshow because it played to smaller audiences. So he or she could have equal success and make the same money. Yeah,
1: that's So now
0: important. it was this 19-year-old built like a brick, out house, you know what I mean. Really <laughs> yeah. put together guy who was doing amazing contortion, but also I'm super funny. But you can't tell that <laughs> with three thousand people in the room, right? No, can't. And then I sort of fall off my peak, but I can still entertain an audience. But I can't entertain three thousand. But I can entertain the crap out of forty five people <laughs> eight times a day, and make similar money. So I start doing mine. I still have that name from when I played the big houses. Mm-hmm. So now I'm entertaining those forty five to a hundred people doing a lesser contortion act that's really funny or really smart, or really something else, I learned a couple of magic tricks, I learned how to juggle in the interim, and now I have my own one-man show that plays the sideshow. So they would even, the performers could go back and forth a little bit between those two worlds. I have, I do Mm -hmm. traditional circus, and they do freak show, and I even do theater. I do my freak show in a theatrical environment.
1: Yeah, I remember watching O during the contortionist part, the person I was with was offended by it. Because to them, this was like going to a freak show and making fun of someone's deformity, which is how they saw it.
0: There is a bit of elastin to contortion, but if you go to Cambodia... Every girl that would take ballet in the States Mm. is doing contortion there.
1: Yeah, it's a form of dance in a way. Yeah, so
0: you need training, but you don't need to be born with the equivalent of a third arm or four four legs or whatever. You just need to be very, very serious at a young age.
1: And you're you're in no way disabled. I mean, you can do, you know, quote unquote, normal stuff.
0: Yeah, you will get hurt a little more easily Mm, in sports. mm -hmm. You find there's a sweet spot to flexibility where if you aren't very flexible and you're playing football and you get tackled... American football and you get tackled you or rugby, break. you break and if you get too flexible, you'll start pulling and spraining bones will pop out of sockets. yeah, because the the muscles are I don't know too loose, I guess you could think of it when you get physically hit. Uh, but no, there's no more long-term effect to contortion than there is to ballet or gymnastics or football in that everyone I know in the circus who does physical feats is worn out by twenty five. And they're looking for a dog act or a magic act or a juggling act. They're coming to me going, hey, could you write some jokes? Because I need to start talking (laughs) because I'm 35 and I can't do my trapeze act anymore.
1: This plays into the guy that we just saw on the cruise. He was a, a contortionist. He did things with basketballs. He was this little Italian guy. And when we saw him, he was, hey, contortionist gymnast. But he didn't do anything. He did one quick thing and then told jokes for 45 minutes and then did another quick thing. And that was it.
0: So he, as long as he's doing a good show, he's able to move from the right. big house and still keep the same oh, yeah. standard of living.
1: Everybody was laughing; everyone loved him, but he was—he just did one very simple act, and uh, I, I can tell that you know, forty years ago, he would be doing all the contortionists. He probably didn't even speak English then,
0: right? You know? and, and you can still find the modern freak shows. There's one called World of Wonders. They have a mm-hmm, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. They tour the coast of the U.S. Australia has quite a few sideshows, oh, mostly working acts, less freak shows. Uh, but you can find them. It's just now you have to look very, very hard. You can start in uh, in Baltimore looking up James Taylor, not the singer, <laughs> a purveyor of oddities who's had a few uh, magazines and he's opened mm-hmm. a museum a few times in Baltimore and in Washington. If you look him up, you can find his Facebook page or, or uh, website and you can find they're still out there working. They're varying degrees of entertaining. They're all over the map. Some are very, very good, and some are very, very bad. But they're all very, very cheap. (laughs) If you want to find our show notes, they're at collegeofcuriosity.com. And then just look for, Jeff does a bunch of podcasts. Find the one called The Weekly Curio, and you'll find that. But you also have trips coming up, right?
1: Well, yeah, there's a big one coming up. So uh, this Saturday, I'm leaving for uh, Australia on a very long cruise from Hawaii to Australia. And it's kind of a staging trip for the big trip that's happening in May.
0: Wait, Hawaii to Australia is the small trip? Well, <laughs> <laughs> half the planet, he's just yeah, getting yeah.
1: warmed up, people. It's pretty darn far, but it's, uh, I'm doing this as a. am going to be a group leader for a group that's not my own. But in May, I will be the group leader for my own group, and we're going to leave from Sydney and go to New Caledonia and the Loyalty Islands and do a whole bunch of curious stuff on the way. Plus, there's a pre-tour of Sydney, we're going to get to pet kangaroos. Wait, explain
0: what curious stuff is.
1: Well, so we do, have uh, you ever seen the TV show QI? yeah i love
0: the. we, have a, uh, we yes. have
1: a we have a an earth live version of qi where the audience gets to play we do mystery objects on boards lots of puzzles lectures uh, there is no boredom on a college of curiosity cruise yeah, mystery objects is where
0: he just puts up a picture of a thing and you try and guess what it is you do yeah. that
1: live well i bring i actually bring mystery objects with me and when we gather for dinner i will hand out and say what is this thing
0: you know. So, it's the same price as a cruise or within yeah. a range of being I mean, basically the same price as a cruise.
1: Yeah, it's the same. The, the, there's a $100 entertainment fee that covers everything. And then uh, the rest is exactly the same as if you book through the cruise
0: line. So, for 100 bucks more, period, for the mm-hmm. whole cruise, $100 more, you get all the additional. So, you get paired with people similar to you. Yep. You get all the, at dinner, you get a right. mystery object to play. You get to play the games. You get all the curious stuff that you're putting together.
1: Private meeting room on board. I will do uh, private tours in some of the locations. Like the morning of the cruise, I'm going to do a walking tour of downtown Sydney, which is included. So it's a great deal. If you're the kind of person who would like to travel, but you don't have anyone to travel with, this might be your thing because you are instantly friends with this group of people who are all. That's the only thing we have in common is that we're curious. We like this stuff. And if you're listening to this podcast, it's this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, you're not going to find a deal that good. if you're already the kind of person who would go on. Now, if you're not going to go on a cruise, it, it sounds expensive because once you go on a cruise, right. it's all inclusive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But and if you're already going, it's another hundred bucks and you're going to get this incredibly tailored, incredibly specific experience. That's incredibly cheap. Like, yeah, yeah it's and you have a concierge.
1: Of, you know, it's it's especially great for first time cruisers because I'm there with you if you have any questions. Holding
0: your hand. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay.
1: This is how you pack your luggage. So anyway, the uh, details are at collegeofcuriosity.com. It's a big icon, a big picture of a ship. Uh, it's called Curious Down Under, and and you'll find it.
0: And if you want to stay home and come to Chicago, I have a theater. Uh, you oh, just yes. just find it's Whip W-I-P, uh, constantly running shows. We have we have comedy shows. We're doing uh, between ten shows a week and up to yeah. twenty things. Once you include classes, which you need to live here to go to the class five week, six week courses. Mm-hmm. But if you're just coming into town, we're by the O'Hare Airport. You know we're close enough <laughs> where you could, in theory. Pop in, see a show in then leave. True. and uh, Lord knows we're affordable. We got shows from free. We do we're currently yeah, running free. a free science show for kids Which on Saturday. It's
1: cool. I mean, Tom and I did a version of this earlier, and now these actual science people are doing yep. it, and it's amazing.
0: And it's full. I would call it sold out, but it's free. I'd say that. <laughs> yeah. So incredibly popular. Freed out. I have 80 seats, and uh, last week I had 85 wow. human beings. And there's video on the website if you're just international, right? Go to the whiptheater.com, look for the kids show watch a video of two scientists on stage and watch them playing with dry ice bubbles. There's blowing bubbles with dry ice, mm. smoke bubbles, and they pop one, it's real pretty. And you hear an entire room full of children and adults go, ooh, because <laughs> of science. Yeah, And it's this really fun thing for me because I don't believe that my country does arts very well mm-hmm. and doesn't do science very well. And so here's an example of arts and science going hand in hand and I'm up in the light booth filming it on my iPad. That's why you have that video. So I'm up in the light booth. Mm-hmm. The lights from there's not a lot to do. So I'm filming part of the show just <laughs> for me for fun. It turned out okay. So I'll put a little video together. We're talking about homemade, right? Yeah. I'm up there just smiling <laughs> because it's arts and science working hand in hand and it's working. Yeah. These kids give a crap how they did that. And they're asking questions at the end of the show. How do I get dry ice? How do I make that bubble machine? Why does sublimation, why does it go from That's a solid to a gas yeah, instantly? Why doesn't it turn into water? Mm-hmm. Why, how did you grab it? How did you catch it? How did you walk around? that? To watch children, and again, last week when we were all full, the two people asking the most questions were my age. Yeah. <laughs> they were their kids. One guy did not understand sublimation. Yeah, but it doesn't really make any count, sense. Yeah. And the scientists were doing a dumbed-down version. Mm-hmm. A show. They finally had to kind of back up and go, okay, look, and explain <laughs> on a molecular level, grown-up to grown-up, how this worked, because the guy could not get it through his head. Yeah. And it's fun. It's amazing to see. Until next week, we leave you with the answer. I don't want to forget that. Yeah, no, yeah, we have a puzzle. Here's the answer to the puzzle. I kinda of would like them to not have the answer. They could no anyway. So we should do a contest one week. I'll put one together yeah. where we won't give you the answer. Yeah, no send answer and then we'll give you I'll give you tickets to a show or something. <laughs> we'll do something online.
1: This is one that I do on the cruises, actually, is that uh, so you take a bottle and you throw a coin in it and then you seal it with the cork. How do you get the coin out without taking the cork
0: out? I have no clue how this I
1: well, and I I'll tell you there's a two different ways. One is Okay, the, the simplest answer is you push the cork in the bottle and then dump the coin out. Okay. That's kind of cheating. My way is you then have to get the cork out. Okay. And that's the one I'm not going to give you the answer to. There is a way to get the coin out and then the cork out. And if you come on the cruise, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs>